0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are less than two weeks away from the start of the Auburn football season. We don't know who the starting quarterback is, but we may have a better idea of what the timeline could be. Well, Zach, I I actually just finished crushing some chicken parm and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Look, we got another practice in the books. They let us watch for a long, long time. How much did we really learn? Hmm. Not a ton, not a ton, but that's okay. The biggest thing is, once again, all of our thoughts regarding the Auburn quarterback battle continues to be on pace as more and more reports from the second scrimmage come out. It sounds like TJ is the guy. It certainly sounds like TJ Finley is the guy. We'll go over some practice notes in just a moment. But first things first, Harson talked about the quarterback position. Obviously, he was asked a ton about it. He keeps saying uh, amazing things about TJ Finley. He keeps crediting how much of a coach's mentality he has. He focuses on the details. He talked about how understanding football comes easy for some people. TJ Finley is in that boat. And with what he's talked about wanting in a quarterback, those two things line up perfectly. So I think that was pretty telling. Of course, he came out and said that the staff still isn't exactly sure who the starter is. You got to think at this point, they know who it's going to be, but they haven't done anything official. Between the way Harson talked on it and the way Coach Kiesel talked about it, offensive coordinator of the weekend, their charting system with everything about how they evaluate quarterbacks and all that, there's no way they don't know because it's been such a specific process with detail after detail after detail, and you have several weeks of details now. I just don't think there's any way that they know. So they're going to continue to watch film and evaluate. And Sunday sounds like it's a film day, which is when most of you guys will be listening to this. Monday is an off day for the players. I'm sure the coaches will continue to meet and talk. And then Tuesday to me is I think when it's going to happen. That's my prediction. I think I said that last week. I know I said it off air. I hope I said it on the show, but I think it's going to be Tuesday when we hear it. And my prediction is still TJ Finley, I haven't heard, seen, been told anything to to make me change my mind on it. I, I think it's TJ Finley. So, big picture takeaways from practice. Nick Brahms was out there. He did not do every rep with the starting offensive line, but he was out there, as was Tank Bigsby. Both of those two missed the second scrimmage due to injuries or, or, or kind of being banged up. So, that was good. That was a positive thing to see both of those guys back. Shedrick Jackson took limited reps with the starters. He was there when we walked out there with the ones, and then, like, I don't think he did anything else. And so, that was interesting. I think he's just, I think they're just giving him rest. I don't think there was anything really wrong. I think they're just giving him rest because he's a veteran guy. They they know what to expect from Shedrick Jackson. So, that, to me, was the biggest stuff. They gave a scholarship to Jake LeVant, the linebacker. And it was cool. They got done with, like, their first half of practice. They let us watch a ton of practice yesterday. We pretty much got to see the whole thing. And about halfway through it, they all huddled up around midfield at Jordan-Hare Stadium. And they all started jumping up and down and, and, and clapping. And then the, the video board, the massive video board, to, like, you know, Jake LeVant gets a full-ride scholarship. Congrats. Something like that. And then Brad LaRondo jumped on the microphone and uh, adjourned here stadium and kind of said, Hey, congrats. You know, so when, uh, Jake LeVon is now, uh, he, he's got a full ride. So congrats to him. Spoke to the media afterwards, right before Brian Harson. coach Harson brought him in with him and did a great job. <laughs> he, he was kind of laughing at the start of it. Hey, I've never really talked to the media before. How does this go? Then of course, folks started asking him questions, but loved Auburn. And, you know, he talked a ton about just keeping his head down and working. That's the advice that he has to all walk-ons. And that kind of lines up with what Brian Harson wants. So I thought that was pretty cool. And I was actually watching Brian Harson during the press conference because he kind of stepped down to be to the, next to the media so that he could watch Jake. And he was smiling ear to ear. He was really proud of Jake. So I, I think that was pretty cool. I think that was pretty cool. And also we'll mention him in a moment because he got an interception on one of the quarterbacks. So stay tuned for that. All right, so practice notes. When we walked out there, the starters... Finley and Tank were in the backfield. And then the normal offensive line when everyone is healthy Killian Zaire, Brandon Council, Nick Brahms, Keandre Jones, and Austin Troxell. And then Shedrick Jackson, Malcolm Johnson Jr., Brandon Frazier was in. We saw John Samuel Shanker later. So uh, that's just, I think they're just rotating guys in and out. Then Robbie came in and uh, he threw. All right, he didn't throw to them, but the receivers were Camden Brown and Coy Moore. I think Malcolm Johnson Jr. stayed in. And then just looking at the starting defense that was kind of just doing walkthroughs against them, there were plenty of reps where J.D. Rim was the starting nickel. So I thought that was interesting. Then they went to a kickoff return um, walkthrough. The first group, as far as returners, were Jarquez Hunter and Damari Austin. And then the second group, was Coy Moore and Nehemiah Pritchett in regards to returning kicks. So that was something that a lot of you guys have asked me about. I didn't have a super good answer, but it sounds like those will be the four guys that are returning kicks this season. And then they all went into individual uh, drills. The the quarterbacks and the running backs did a lot of exchanges in regards to handoffs, which we've seen a ton. TJ Finley was with Tank. Robbie Ashford was with Jarquez Hunter. Zach Calzada was with Damari Austin, and Holden Gurner was with Sean Jackson. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm sorry. I got something in my eye. It's weird. Um, so, yeah, that, that's the normal four, right? Ever since Damari Austin passed Sean Jackson after that first scrimmage, that's been the order. And then while that was going on, the wide receivers, Camden Brown was first in line. If you want to kind of um, keep hyping up the, the Camden Brown hype train, which was awesome. He was first in line with the wide receivers. Brian Harson spent a ton of time during this, uh, this period with the wide receivers, he and Ike Killiard were throwing passes to the wide receivers, and uh, so I thought that was cool. J.J. Evans was out there. A lot of you say that he doesn't exist. He does exist. He was out there. And then um, that, right after that is when Jake Levant got his scholarship. And then they did some pace drill type stuff. Robbie Ashford was out there with Coy Moore, Javarius Johnson, uh, Zevion Capers, And then the running back next to him was Damari Austin. Then TJ had John Samuel Shanker, Malcolm Johnson Jr., Camden Brown, and um, Tarvaris Dawson. And then Hunter was with him. So Tank just set that one out. And then, let's see, Calzada, the offensive line in front of Calzada when he went, the starting offensive line was with Robbie and uh, TJ after they kind of did some pace stuff. Calzada was behind Brendan Coffey at left tackle. At left guard, it was... um, Jeremiah Wright at center. It was Avery Jernigan, a right guard, Jaleel Irvin, and a right tackle, Alec Jackson. And the other guys were, uh, Fromm was at tight end. Coy Moore was in there, Javaris Johnson. And then Sean Jackson was the running back. And then Robbie went back in and he had the starting offensive line with the exception of um, Tate Johnson was at center. And that was pretty much it. Um, then they went to kickoff coverage at end of game situations. Anders Carlson was there, which was good. It was good to see him. They were going over end of game situations, so like how to handle a squib kick and to stay in lanes. And the the scout team was doing laterals, trying to score type thing. It was, it was a lot of fun to watch. So that is it. All right, we'll talk about seven on seven and other notes from Saturday in just a moment. But I got to tell you about our friends at bet online bet online is the best place to wager on all of your sports action no matter what time of year it is just because they have so much so many different things going on right now major league baseball is big football futures are really really big basketball futures really really big esports go on all the time ufc is happening all the time you can check all of it out and constantly be engaged in the action at bet online bet online is where the game starts All right, folks, uh, as far as the seven-on-seven, seven, which I thought was the highlight of practice, I am so sorry. I just cannot get this stuff out of my eye. Um, I'm just going to give you the play-by-play. Look, there was a lot of folks. I saw several different folks that were at practice said that the quarterbacks looked bad. I didn't see that. I thought the very little bit that we saw on Saturday was reflective uh, of everything that we've seen so far throughout fall camp. So, whatever. Uh, let's see. The first snap was TJ Finley to uh, Javarius Johnson on a, on a short pass to the left. Then Finley uh, incomplete pass to Luke Deal. Caden Bridges was in coverage there. Then Finley threw a pass to the flats to the right to Javarius Johnson. And then Finley's last pass of 7-on-7 seven seven was to Malcolm Johnson Jr. It was just a hook to the left side. It was actually a high throw. Uh, it was a completion. Malcolm Johnson Jr. had a great catch. He had to really go up and get it. But yeah, Finley could have dropped that ball a little bit better for him to go out and get. But still, great catch by Malcolm Johnson Jr. there. Calzada then took a step in, and he had, he hit capers on just a quick hook to the left, probably like a five-yard route. And then Calzada threw a pick to Jake Levin, and this was like right after he got that scholarship. So props to him. That was really cool. Then Robbie came in, probably the deepest pass of seven on seven. It was probably like a 12-yard a post type route to Coy Moore. It was completed, but Coy had to like stop to catch it. So take that for what it's worth. There's a chance that Robbie was placing it where it needed to be if he saw the safety or something, but I I, I didn't see that. Robbie then uh, threw a short pass to the right to Demari Austin. It was like a check down. A lot of checkdowns in the seven-on-seven period by all three quarterbacks. Um, Robbie then threw it too far in front of Jarquez Hunter, who was doing a checkdown out route, but Hunter was able to, like, bat it to himself, and it was actually a really athletic move by Jarquez Hunter. Then Robbie threw it to Malcolm Johnson Jr. on a drag. Uh, Malcolm Johnson Jr. lined up on the right side of the formation and then used his speed to get across the the, the field quickly, and so that was good. Another checkdown, a lot of checkdowns. Then Robbie threw an end to Jarquez Hunter. And then he threw another check down to Hunter. Um, but it was a long play. I think it would have been clocked as a sack in a competitive situation. Then Calzada threw it to Mike O'Reilly Ducker on just a quick stick route. And then Calzada threw it to the flat to Amari Kelly. And then another, uh, the following play, threw it to Amari Kelly again in the middle of the field. Uh, Kelly beat out Eugene Asante for, for leverage there. And then... The last throw of 7-on-7 seven seven was a quick out to Jay Fair for just a few yards. So, a lot of short stuff with the exception of that Coy Moore pass by Robbie Ashford. But still, I, I thought they looked fine. Um, I, what I saw yesterday in Saturday's practice was the same thing that I've seen for the vast majority of fall camp. And that was it. Uh, I thought Holden Garner looked really good. As he all, as I think, I think he's always looked pretty good just from a pure like passing mechanic standpoint. Um, Brian Harson talked about how good he looked, and so there's that. You know, apparently, it was a big deal in one of the message boards like a week ago when I said that I thought Gurner looked better than Calzada. Well, I don't feel weird about saying that at all, um, based on what we saw Saturday. So, there's that. I'm trying to think of other notes that Harson said throughout the press conference. He did talk about how Nick Brahms' status is a little bit questionable. It's just like, we're going to have to wait and see exactly what's going on with his health there. But talked up Tate Johnson. They believe in Tate Johnson. They believe his approach to the game is really, really good. And so, I think Auburn, from a center standpoint, is okay. I think you can make the argument that long-term, Tate Johnson going ahead and playing is good for the program because that's less you have to replace after the season. And that's been a big concern, right? Is, oh my gosh, how is Auburn going to replace, you know, pretty much the whole offensive line? This allows you to not have to worry about that. So that's a glass half full way of looking at it. Tate Johnson could have a, you know, several games of experience under his belt. We'll have to see what all happens there. I couldn't tell any difference with Tank Bigsby from a health standpoint. He looked good to me. Didn't didn't play as much as some of the other guys, but still uh, I thought that was useful. I thought that was good information to, to grab, but that was really the gist of what Brian Harson had to say. He talked time and time again about TJ's leadership ability. He talked about how Robbie, Ashford, you know they've really been working with him as far as accuracy in throwing the football. And then he added the caveat that all three quarterbacks could improve their accuracy, which I think we all agree. I think we all aren't surprised by that comment. But all in all, that, that was pretty much the gist of, um, the gist of all of it. Then it was cool seeing Coach Harson afterwards. Um, he talked about the Auburn high game. His son, uh, a quarterback for Auburn High School, and they had a big win against Hoover, 17-14 to 14 the night before. And so him kind of dissecting that game um, offhand to the media, I thought was a pretty cool perspective on everything. But yeah, that's it, guys. So tomorrow, we'll be back to our normal schedule, Monday through Friday, uh, with, uh, with Lindsey Crosby joining us on Monday. There's a lot to talk about this week less than two weeks away from the football season? Are you kidding me? And I think we're days away from having an official announcement that TJ Finley will be the next starting quarterback for the Auburn Tigers. So stay tuned for that. Of course, we will have all of that here for you every single day because we are your team every day. Right here unlocked Locked on Auburn.